Hello and welcome to the Strong Habits podcast. I am your host, Penny Varvaridis, and this is episode 29. In this week's episode, I am going to talk about feet. I know, I know why, right? People like to hide their feet, no one wants to talk about it. But it's important, you know, and that's cool, you do whatever you want, but I am always a big, big advocate for doing stuff barefooted. That doesn't mean doing everything barefooted, and it doesn't even necessarily mean buying barefooted shoes or whatever, although some people do love those. This topic was inspired by a client question from Dave this week. He asked, and I'm just going to read this, are there any benefits and or risks that come from being barefoot a lot of the time? and then doing things in shoes or trainers, etc. Um, so, let's go. Going barefoot offers a number of benefits for stability, mobility, coordination, balance. You have more control of your body when you have more control of your foot, and you have more control of your foot when it can react to the ground that it's on. You see, the main benefit of training is proprioception. There are loads of tiny sensors in your feet which tell your brain what's going on and what to do. By being barefooted, your central nervous system is activated in a way that doesn't happen when shoes are on. It helps you engage muscles more effectively, helping you improve balance, increase body awareness. It also allows you to strengthen those deep muscles in your feet which translates to improved strength across the ankles, knees, hips and back. For those of you who don't know, I was a martial artist once upon a time. I mean, I guess maybe I am still a martial artist. It's in my soul, you know. But from the age of 10, my actual 10th birthday to be precise, I started taekwondo with my dad. He started the week before and was about to go out on my birthday and leave me. And I got really upset about it, so he took me with him. I kept going until halfway through my first year of university. This was probably the most expensive birthday present ever, so thanks, Dad. So, in Taekwondo, and in martial arts in general, you train barefooted. That's just how it goes. You have more control over your body, you get to make more precise movements, and you also don't kick any dirt in your classmates' faces. That one's important too, you know. A shoe's main purpose is to protect us from the outside world. There's broken glass, streams of urine of random drunk men and dogs, discarded food, bugs, so many bugs. The streets are gross. You don't want to step in it. Shoes are there to protect us from that, to cover our soft, delicate skin. A lot of shoes we wear are really cushy and they have a little heel lift. This is nice for a comfort sort of thing, you know, and for style, they look nice, but it takes away our control of those smaller movements. Now, Like I said earlier, the main benefit is that proprioception. Gosh, it's a hard word to say, isn't it? Proprioception. It's a word I learnt from reading, so maybe that's not even right. Anyway, it's about our ability to fill the ground. This is more important in certain exercises over others. When deadlifting, for instance, having your actual feet on the floor instead of inside shoes lets you grip the ground with your toes and screw your feet in. This connectedness allows you to generate more power through the move. So things like deadlifts and kettlebell swings or cleans or snatches, you're taking weight from the ground and pulling it against gravity. Your feet are the anchor. They are where the power starts. We load upwards, pushing the ground away to generate force. Our feet are the only part of our body in contact with the ground. 
and that is where the power is traveling through and if you're wearing cushion shoes the cushioning is going to absorb some of that power that you're trying to generate the force is lost reduced output means reduced gains I think being barefoot for moves like the deadlift and the kettlebell swing and basically all of your hinge moves actually, it allows you to dig your feet in as you drive up, allowing you to better target those larger muscles in your hips. But also for things like squats, I think it's important to be able to do at least 50% of your max barefooted as a minimum. Unless you're a really long human who just can't get low without your lifters on, in which case don't worry about it, it doesn't actually matter that much, but... It's important to practice squatting without your lifters on if it's something that anatomically you should be able to do. If the goal is improved movement, then you need to improve the movement, you know? And going barefoot will improve and strengthen that neuromuscular pathway of the foot leading up to the leg, which molds the muscle firing sequence from our feet to our brains, and in turn, how we move through space. Okay, look, let's recap. Doing stuff barefooted improves balance, coordination, strength, and power generation, but that doesn't mean that you should always be barefooted. It's probably worth not really doing plyometrics, unless maybe you've got a squishy floor and some soft boxes. It's probably worth doing those in shoes. Skipping, for instance, although I have skipped barefooted, but it was always in a place with a soft floor. I think mostly barefooted skipping has happened in the gym at work, and in the gym at work, in the studio at the gym that I work in, and the floor's soft. I don't think I would do that on concrete outside. But generally speaking, jumping is just going to put a lot of stress on the tendons and the ligaments in your foot, and there are a lot of them. I'll tell you more about that shortly. The shoes are there to absorb that shock, so if your feet aren't strong enough, then the shoe's going to protect you. If you do want to get good at jumping barefooted, don't go straight to the big stuff. Start with a small amount of small jumps. Build your tolerance slowly. This is the rule for all tendon ligament strengthening. It just, it takes longer to grow the muscles, so you need to be patient. And as a side note, catching your toes on the thin plastic speed skipping ropes is awful. You don't want to do that. Anyway... With that said, I would also probably not run around London barefooted. You have to be really patient to build your feet up to deal with that sort of surface and impact. Um, and there are barefoot shoes that you can try that can do some protecting from the gross sharp things. But even so, build up really slowly, almost like it's a whole new thing. It's easy to get hurt jumping straight into barefoot running, even with the proper shoes too soon particularly if you have some existing achilles tendon issues now fun fact your achilles tendon is actually the strongest tendon in your whole body that was an aside for you anyway so barefoot injuries seem to happen more in running than in any other sport this is mostly due to two things so inappropriate volume control essentially doing too much too soon this is what i call the don't be a dickhead rule volume control matters and the other reason which is connected to the first reason really so maybe it's just one reason the other reason is the repetitive impact it's a lot of pressure to put through your foot and through the tendons without building up properly the most common injuries are stress stress fractures in the feet particularly in the second metatarsal that's the long bone in the midfoot that connects to the second toe and takes a lot of the body weight 
particularly so in people who have bunions or in longer than average second metatarsals. This is visible if your second toe is longer than your big toe. This is actually called Morton's toe when your second toe is longer than your big toe and it affects between 20 and 30% of the world's population, which is actually kind of a lot of people. You don't really see this same injury in things like yoga and bar which are also exclusively barefoot um but also there's no real impact in yoga and bar you're not jumping up and down for an extended period of time um and also the floor's normally soft in bar studios i don't know about yoga studios they're probably not so much um not soft like padded but i think when I've been to bar classes they've had that like springy wooden floor maybe that's not actually in all of them anyway aside that doesn't matter Uh, so research looking at the influence of plantar short foot muscle exercises on foot posture and fundamental movement patterns in long distance runners found that by actively strengthening these muscles runners improved their movement patterns and their then improve their runs. So short foot exercises are essentially where you grip the floor and try to shorten your foot by creating an arch. Think about pulling your toes and your heels toward your toes and your heels towards each other. It's an exercise that's often given to people who have collapsed arches to help them strengthen their feet. And the runners in the study were running in shoes. They weren't running barefooted, but having stronger feet even inside those shoes was beneficial to their performance. Now When we're born, our feet are underdeveloped and it takes time for the arches to form. And this is why it's really important not to put babies and and children in shoes all of the time. Let them run around barefoot sometimes so they can strengthen the arches while it's easy to do. Everything gets much harder once you're an adult, you know. I always think that having strong feet is really important. It's important to not forget about any body part really. The goal is to move well for as long as possible and that means building a solid foundation from the ground up. Hopefully that was helpful. The moral of the story was essentially do some things barefooted sometimes. It's good. <laughs> uh, I decided that today's fun fact can stay on the foot theme. Now, I'm sure most of you already know that nearly a quarter of the bones in our whole entire body is in our feet. So that's that's not your fun fact. But if you didn't know that, there you go, bonus. That's why our feet can adapt to different surfaces so well. Better, obviously, barefooted. As our feet fills the ground, the bones move and then the muscles move and the brain gets some helpful information and you're moving around living your best life. It's pretty cool. So for those of you into numbers, that is 26 bones in each foot, 33 joints, 19 muscles, 10 tendons, and 107 ligaments. Maybe I'll put that in the quiz. Keep that one, keep that one locked in, you know. There's a lot going on, and you have to take care of them. They also have 250,000 sweat glands that are capable of producing, this is kind of cool, a half a pint of sweat in a single day incredible and i can't believe this is the second time that i'm talking about sweat in 29 episodes but here we are but no the fun fact which isn't actually as fun as the sweat fact is that women are four times more likely to have foot problems than men this is mostly because women are more likely to wear heels 
Western women started wearing heels in the 17th century after European men got the idea from Persian warriors. European men were also really into wearing heels at the time. They'd wear them as an expression of power and prestige for the next 130 years. Somewhere along the way, though, most men stopped wearing heels and they became more of a sign of femininity. They got higher and the foot space got narrower. I imagine mostly as a way for the patriarchy to make it harder for you to run away. Like how women aren't allowed pockets so the men could look after the money. That's a bonus fact for you. Also not fun. But all these years later, and I still very rarely have any pockets in my clothes, and I don't need a man to hold my money, I just need a pocket big enough to fit my phone and my wallet. Thanks very much. Down with the patriarchy.